Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Uh, I want to tell you that the best pizza in the city still make a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza is Edmonton-owned and operated for over 50 years. And now uh, Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from uh, app Store. Sorry, is uh, we're good to go? Is that correct? Yes? Yes, sir. Brandon? Okay, just before we bring Jack Michaels in, uh, my play-by-play partner, I do want to do this. Uh, we're going to do go into this day in Oilers history because it's going to tie into a conversation uh, that we're going to have with Jack today. And uh, So I'm going to throw uh, one out, and Brendan's going to bring you the other. On this date, 1988, Glenn Anderson had a goal, three assists, four-point performance. Edmonton doubled up Boston 6-3 to go up 3 nothing in the Stanley Cup Final. The Oilers, all-time in Boston. All those problems they had in the regular season, the Oilers are 4-0 all-time against the Bruins in Boston with one game suspended. Uh, that's during the 88-90 Stanley Cup playoffs. Anderson, by the way, 4-4-8 in those uh, four games. And Brendan Escott has got another this day in Oilers history. Back in 1990, Craig Simpson and Glenn Anderson tally two goals and two assists as the Oilers beat the Bruins 5-1 at Northlands. That was game four of the Stanley Cup Finals, and the Oilers took a 3-1 series lead. All right, we'll bring aboard Jack Michaels. Jack, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. How are you? Good. And I, when I think of Glenn Anderson, and uh, Brendan just read the numbers from game four of that series, the Oilers lost game three at, the, at home. John Bice scored 10 seconds in a game three. Uh, they went into Boston in game five, and Glenn Anderson made plays on back-to-back goals against Ray Bork. And, you know, and so I'm going to start by asking, is Glenn Anderson the greatest clutch performer? in Oilers history, Jack, in your mind? I think he's right up there. I will say this. The Oilers, and again, you you brought up a great 
point with respect to whom Anderson undressed. The Oilers, I, I think the reason they've won so many championships is their players performed big in big games, whereas you forget some of the other team's big stars because they didn't really do much in those series. And why didn't they do much? Well, because the Oilers were just were just better. I mean, I, for a guy like Glenn Anderson, uh, you know, I mean, think of where he would have been in Philadelphia's lineup. I mean, he would have been the go-to guy, him and Tim Kerr. It's just, you know, and on the Oilers, at times he, he was thought of as the fourth option. And that's what made I, – I talked with uh, I, I talked with a couple of Oilers from those teams this morning, as a matter of fact, and they were saying, you know, what people don't remember is the depth of those Oilers teams as opposed to just the star power. Guys like Dave Lumley, uh, guys like Dave Hunter, guys like Kenny Linsman that, you know, are somewhat forgotten by today's – you know, 30 and under crowd, but it was the depth of those teams that ultimately separated them from anywhere close to being, uh, you know, challenged by the best of the 1980s. I mean, obviously, Fernando Pisani, for one magical run, was a clutch performer for Edmonton in 2006. Dreisaitl was the best oiler forward in the Anaheim series, but struggled early against San Jose. He was sick for part of that series. And, uh, you know, you, you, you look at Boston, and Steve Smith kind of took care of Cam Neely. Neely, some would say, wasn't at 100%. But for me, it was watching Bork get... Uh uh, it was it was watching Bork get walked, and I just I just think of Glenn, like I just think of the Oilers and Jack. You've heard those stories from those alumni guys. Well, you know, we'd be on a five game road trip. It'd be an afternoon game in Boston. They'd be queued up to play us. But what happened when we played them in the playoffs in their own barn? Like you know, the Oilers just. I mean, they one of the games they won seven two. They won, you know, so it's 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 pretty interesting, and we can kind of tie it back a bit to what do the best do against the best. You can tie it a bit back to what we saw out of Last Dance as well uh, with Michael Jordan, who best on best, and I'm not calling Glenn Anderson, you know, the Oilers collectively as a team had that kind of panache that the Chicago Bulls did, but they would beat the best on best, as good as some of those great players were in Utah and places like that. Absolutely. I think if Edmonton can be defined really by the three guys that scored in my view the most memorable goals in those in those runs and i i know you have i i think you have the mcclellan goal a bit higher than maybe i do but bottom line is is when i, when I think of the oilers I, I think of glenn anderson's goal in game seven against philadelphia Wayne Gretzky's goal that essentially drove a stake into Calgary a year later, and Peter Klima, uh, the triple overtime goal against Boston. The reason I bring up those three guys is that's the epitome of what made Edmonton great. A, a unique, you know, signature talent, greatest player in the history of the game, scoring, you know, the goal that basically defined the Battle of Alberta. And then you've got that secondary scoring, and, and it feels ridiculous to call Glenn Anderson a secondary scorer, but, you know, Glenn Anderson coming through. And then a, a guy really sat on the bench for an hour and a half 
and and then came on to score a big goal against Boston and make sure that 1990 turned out the way it did. And for me, that epitomizes what Edmonton was all about. Danger lurked in every corner of the Oilers lineup. Jack Michaels joining us. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Jack, I know we've talked about Last Dance a couple times. I put a question out last night on Twitter. Uh, what sports doc- docuseries do you want to see next? I had Wayne Gretzky, and I'm talking like a 10-parter, okay? I'm not talking. I know the boys in the bus has been done. I know ESPN 30 for 30 has done King's Ransom on Wayne Gretzky, and they've done the, the Bonos on Bo Jackson. I, so I asked Gretzky, Bo Jackson, Kobe Bryant, and then I added Zinedine Zidane partially because just how shocking it was when he headbutted Matarazzi at the end of the... I mean, no one of his caliber has left in that style before. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's been another great athlete that's sort of left. Uh, you know, and, and ironically enough, he's been a very successful uh, manager in soccer as well with Real Madrid, at least at the Champions League level. But I'd like to get some thoughts from you. What would you... I know you're a huge tennis fan. You're a big boxing fan. If there was a chance to do a 10-part sports docuseries, what would you like to be it on? Well, you're, you're, it's, it's funny. You're lurking right there, Bob. As usual, you're on it. Uh, one of the things I thought about when you and I have kind of talked about this would be in a 1980s middleweight series, focusing on Hearns, Hagler, Duran, Leonard. I, I think that would be, you know, if you really kind of explored that in video form. And there's, there's been some documentaries on pieces of that. Uh, but I think if you, if you really looked at it from a holistic perspective and, and those four careers, I thought, uh, you know, bridge the gap for boxing because after Ali, you know, Larry Holmes just didn't have the same panache and, and they carried him kind of through to 86 when Tyson kind of re- reinvigorated the heavyweight division. Uh, and then, you know, look, I, I again, I'm going to expose myself as the reason I didn't get a, uh, a great amount of dates in, in, in high school. I would love to see uh, you know, the first five years of, of, of WrestleMania as we know it, you know, covering, covering, you know, Savage, Hogan, Andre, and, and they did an Andre documentary. I don't know why they spent so much time on Ric Flair. Uh, to me, there's a lot of other guys you could have spent some time with. Well, I'm a, you know, I'm a huge Andre the Giant fan. The Princess Bride is one of the most underrated movies of all time. He, I, I know My he was. My wife a, would love the fact you just said that. That's her favorite movie of all time, Bob. It's right up there for me. And he was hurt when he made that movie. Like that was at the. But he was. I mean, Jack. There was a time that he. Did he not go undefeated? Like, and I know it's all fake, but I mean, realistically, who could beat him, right? I mean, he was such a uh, a freakish. So you would you would go wrestling? You wouldn't do? You wouldn't focus on you know Borg and McEnroe and uh, Jimmy Connors and 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 sort of the I, well, and that would be my third idea. So, like I said, you hit all the buttons. I, you you really didn't leave me much 
to say that's that the third one is I would do the you know the last time in in my mind and I, I think a big reason why was you had two Americans in there McEnroe and Connors but uh, you know I think people kind of forget the tennis boom that we saw in the late 1970s and and Bob you would have been in high school and you weren't really into it so perhaps you were removed from it but I'm sure you know if you dug deep into the recesses of your memory you know walking around as a 13 14 year old Bob Stoffer you saw a lot of people playing tennis and that was you know that was you just don't see that now and and i'm telling you i didn't have to live here in edmonton in the late 70s to know i guarantee you uh the outdoor courts would have been buzzing in edmonton at that time world team tennis remember that oh absolutely for sure yeah I mean, that was so I, yeah crazy stuff so, yeah, exactly. So those are the three that, that immediately come to my mind. But, I mean, obviously, I mean, I think it updated. It's funny you mentioned the boys on the bus because my dad and I, who you know is, is kind of a fellow sports junkie, he he had the same idea. He said, you know, boys on the bus, he, he saw it. He, I, I forget where they were. They might have even aired it at NHL Network in the they U.S. They did. They did, but yeah. He, he saw it, Bob, and he said, you know, you know, we got to update this with the production values. We got to, we got to, we got to redo this. Is basically what he said. And he goes, I bet it would be off the chart because he was a little, you know, it's a little dated, right? It's like watching a good, you know, 1980s movie that's just a little dated. And that was his idea is to do an updated version. Well, I know, and I know you, we've discussed this before privately, Jack. The camera work that they did at that time was way ahead of its time in terms of the trail. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, it was real. But the the thing that made Last Dance for a lot of people out there, Jack, was how brutally honest it was. Do you think that's easier to get over time with retired athletes? I think so. I mean, you know, certainly, you know, Michael Jordan, I think now – he realizes he doesn't have as much on the line as he did back then. I mean, his famous, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too. He realizes he doesn't have to go that down that road, and that's why I think you saw how candid he was about, you know, some still real harsh feelings reserved for the Pistons and Isaiah Thomas in particular. Uh, and and I, I think that that is what made it so compelling is that, you know, Michael Jordan and, and I think Tiger Woods are, are two of the athletes that in our lifetime, Bob, haven't been as concerned about, you know, appearing as nice guys. And, and, and as a result, there's a lot of guys out there will tell you, you know, they weren't the nicest guys in the world. But when you consider what they achieved, uh, as Jordan said, and as we've talked about on and off this show, there's a price to be paid for having that uniqueness of purpose and, and single-mindedness of purpose. And I think, you know, Jordan and Woods are the two athletes that come to mind that uh, may not be beloved within their own sports, but to some degree that's what made them so appealing to the rest of uh, the rest of humanity is that is that we could all imagine you know having to be a certain way in order to achieve a certain goal because you and I run across those people in business all the time. You know what's interesting, Jack, is there there are people even in our own market that think that 
LeBron James is a better player than Michael Jordan, even though every advanced statistical metric based on the position played retrospectively between James and Jordan, it's not even comparable. Like how good Michael Jordan really was. Like he's, you know what I mean? Having lived through the two, there's just no comparison. I mean, you know, Jordan... Jordan didn't lose in the Olympics. He didn't lose the NCAA championship game. And he was, you know, 6-0 in finals. I, you know, you can't, you can't get more perfect than that in my mind. And, and I'm not, I'm not bl- blaming LeBron for dragging some of those teams to the finals. I, I think he's a phenomenal athlete. But there's a, a, a difference between being a phenomenal athlete and a killer. And I think I think Michael Jordan is in the latter category. Yeah, that's what makes it awesome. Jack, we'll hook up next week. Thanks for your time, man. Absolutely, Bob. Always a pleasure. That's Jack Michaels, uh, play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers on the Oilers Radio Network. 630 Chad, the play-by-play voice of both the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos. We'll wrap up Oilers Now when we return. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1.52 in Edmonton. Just had Jack Michaels on. We were talking a bit about Andre the Giant uh, and concepts for docuseries. And I mentioned The Princess Bride. Um, this text comes in from Rob. It says, I have in-laws who insist on saying all of the big lines in The Princess Bride as they're being spoke in the movie. Don't be like my in-laws. Rob? inconceivable or how does my name is Eninga Montoya you killed my father prepared to die how does that sound for you just for you buddy again you can text us at 780-496-0063 on our Ashley Fine Floors text line Jay says yeah Hagler, Hearn, Sugar Ray Leonard and Duran would be a great uh, docu-series Again, uh, this texter says it's like comparing David versus Goliath uh, in terms of Jordan versus LeBron James. <laughs> Damn, I, I I can't quite read that text, but it did make me laugh. Um, yeah. Let's just say you and Norm MacDonald have the same sense of humor. So somebody who watched... Weekend update was Saturday Night Live back in the mid-1990s. And knows the relationship between uh, Dick Ebersole and a guy that was involved in the uh, number one story in the world at that time. Knows what I'm talking about. That's really funny stuff. Uh, again, keep texting us at 780-496-0063, and we'll uh, keep getting to We had Bob Nicholson on the show. He is uh, chairman of the Oilers Entertainment Group, the alternate governor from the team. Brendan, you wanted to replay a clip here uh, for our listeners because we've received a couple texts on it? Yeah, you betcha. Just talking about how Rogers Place really is as safe as it's going to get as far as a facility in North America. You look at the square footage of our building, uh, we can have teams in so many, we could have all 12 teams in the arena, in the hotel, having their own places to eat, their own places to, to meet. But within the, within the Rogers Place and JW Marriott, uh, Sutton, we could put a bubble around this uh, that 
I think it's the most important part of this bid. Uh, you know, we're going to hear who wins this, uh, uh, but I think we've done an outstanding job. And how we've been able to work uh, with the uh, with the premier, he, he's been really good, and they've given us lots of good uh, information to put in our bid to get back to the national hockey league. Uh, there you have it. That's Bob Nicholson. And uh, Bob's saying we might have a little bit more information later on tonight. I know that uh, last night Elliot Friedman, who we had on the show today, had reported that it looks like it would probably pass that each team would vote respectively. Uh, the question for me is if you're taking seven teams out of the mix, why have those seven teams vote? Like, I would just have the 24 teams that could be potentially in the playoffs. We're going to have uh, more coming up tonight with Reed Wilkins on Inside Sports from 7 to 8. Brendan Escott, what has he got? Yeah, just a recap of the week, talking about NHL's return to play, uh, the bid for the Hub City, and CFL plans for 2020. And I'll be joining Reed as well. He was stuck and couldn't get anybody any better. Uh, that's after Global uh, News Hour from 6 to 7. Uh, we'll uh, see where we're at on Monday. We might have a lot to talk about. It's also a holiday uh, down in the States, Memorial Day down in the U.S. NHL insider John Shannon, and we'll have Reed on the show, and we're working on a couple other guests as well. Up next, a Global News Weather Traffic update with Kerry McCarthy, followed by the 6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jayla Knight. We'll leave you this weekend uh, with Teardrop, which was featured in uh, Episode 8 of Last Dance. Hands on my breath Gentle little shot Chase me, makes me laugh Hands on my breath Teardrop on the fire Hands on my breath Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.